Hey, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Nightcrawler? I am, because after all, we we are are the the Watchers watchers of Movie. So I have to um, start out by telling you a little story. This morning I was eating grape nuts with my kitty in my lap. And I was lifting like the spoon to my mouth and he reached up with both of his little fuzzy arms and was like, like the spoon and it spilled all over him. Oh (laughs) man. He ruined your grape nuts. It was so cute. He was like reaching for it. Like he was like, this is mine, right? (laughs) It was not his. Everybody wants grape nuts. He was not pleased by it spilling all over him, but oh. I saw him eating the grape nuts like off himself later. So, I mean, oh, it really? Wasn't, like, it wasn't like that much. It was like a drip, but like it was still enough where he like had to wiggle out of my arms because he was like, I have to clean up now to go take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, today we decided to do a different, um, not like a topic, but like a different avenue of something to discuss before we discuss the movie. And we decided we're going to play a game called Don't Get Me Started. <laughs> so Don't we're gonna even give, get me started. We're going to give each other a topic and the person's going to rant about it for like a minute or whatever. Yeah. And then we'll go from there. Yeah. And then right. we'll, yeah. Then we'll say, don't get it? me started on Nightcrawler. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about I ask you the question first? Okay. Go ahead. So, hey, Lauren, what do you think about movies that are made from books? Okay. Don't get me started on movies that are made from books. First of all, let's talk about The Lovely Bones, which was an amazing book and a terrible, horrible movie. And I don't know what Peter Jackson was thinking making that book into a movie, but it was really bad. It was a beautiful story. And then he took it and he ruined it. Like he ruins everything. Just kidding. I actually really like Lord of the Rings, but still, you know what I mean? (laughs) And And then let's talk about my second one that I don't want to get started on is Memories of Acacia. That's the only one I can think of. Actually, I really like the movie, but (laughs) there's like a whole thing in the film that like never happens in the book. And it's like about this guy who's a Japanese businessman and he's making, um, like business relations was an American businessman. And this was during World War II. And I had a really hard time believing that like, after like how much the Japanese and the Americans hated each other during that time, that this like Japanese businessman was going into business with an American businessman, because that doesn't happen in the film. The American businessman, or I mean, in the book, (laughs) the American businessman is actually a Japanese businessman. Oh, but it sounded like or in the movie, it was, like, a lot prettier, I guess, like, the scene, and in the book, it was kind of boring, so I saw the movie before I read the book, and I actually like them separately from each other, but if I had seen the movie after reading the book, I would have not liked it. And also, don't get me started on Water for Elephants, because the movie is actually a lot better than the book. (laughs) 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 The, like, characters are a lot more likable, and I thought their love story was more realistic, 
it felt more believable where in the book it felt like it was like a teenager like two teenagers falling in love or an obsession like it was just really weird and then don't get me started on winter's tale which overall terrible just bad just overall except i really liked the movie but the book was awful i couldn't even finish it it was so disjointed and so weird and there were so many different aspects to it that like didn't make sense there was no actual central plot it was just awful and scene wow <laughs> i'm glad i didn't get you started on any of those yeah things. no i mean don't get me started <laughs> don't even get me started there's um molly shannon when she was uh on in snl on the cast on snl she had this bit where she would be a female comedian whose sort of crutch phrase was like, don't get me started. Don't even get me started. And so that's all I can think of when we're playing this. <laughs> don't even get me started. Okay. So your topic is going to be sex scenes in movies. Oh. Well, Lauren, don't get me started on sex <laughs> scenes in movies. First of all, Movie kissing noises are really gross. Oh my god, they make so me gross. very uncomfortable. Um, second of all, nothing is worse than telling your parents, "I want to rent this movie," and ninety-eight percent of it is good, but then there's like this raunchy sex scene in the middle that you have to watch with them. And if you're home alone and you're watching a movie, your parents always come home during the sex scene. <laughs> and if you live in a small house like I do or did. The coat closet is right by the living room. So your parents come in and they're like, oh, we were just out with Joan and Roger. Yeah, we had dinner, putting our coats. What are you watching? What's what's on the TV there? And it's, you know, some mega thrusting. And <laughs> mega thrusting. also interesting. Wait, question. Coat. Are your parents Canadian in this scenario? <laughs> Don't get me started on how I feel when you interrupt me in don't get me started. <laughs> uh, don't also don't get me started about the necessity for sex scenes in movies because most of the time I think it's just so like middle class like straight laced people can get a little thrill watching a movie because they hardly ever add to the plot and so I think like the foreplay is more romantic than the sex scene. And I think sex scenes in movies are used a lot of times to be like, look how much our characters love each other. Like, but also get your kicks. And there is, don't, don't get me started about this. <laughs> There's a documentary and I think it's called this film is not yet rated. And it's about the rating system and sex scenes. Um, the, the number of thrusts it is what determines a rating in a sex scene. So that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a story about something like that about parents coming home when you're watching a sex scene. Um, <clears throat> I was at my friend's house and we were watching um, we were watching Beer Fest. <laughs> you know that scene, you know that scene where um, I I can't remember his character's name, but Jay. Ch you know, I can't pronounce his last name either. The Indian guy, Jay Chan, Chandish, whatever. You know who I'm talking about, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, he goes home with a, a woman. He goes home with Monique. And like, but in his mind, it's like this like slim little like, you know, sexy woman. Well, 
I was watching it at my friend's place and this was years and years ago and her mom came home and my friend had paused it like just as this woman was on top like full boobs and (laughs) and her mom goes are you watching an adult film (laughs) that's amazing and I was like oh my god it's a beer fest like I have a that's funny that's funny parents coming home during a movie i it's like i don't know one of the most annoying things (laughs) (laughs) and it's super awkward because they always come home during the sex scene i mean that's a generality but it felt like it it did yeah well it's like it it's like almost like you feel like you shouldn't be watching the movie so then Mm -hmm. they come home at the part where you're like oh um (laughs) yeah um (laughs) my bad (laughs) you know my my sister and i used to watch this show on MTV called Undressed. And um, honestly, the age we were, it was highly inappropriate. (laughs) Highly inappropriate. We were like, probably like maybe 14 and 10. Oh my gosh. We were young. Yeah. Like, and it's all about these like college age students, like having sex with each other. And my mom is like, what are you watching? And we made some excuse that was apparently good enough for her to let it go and never mention it again. But like, I was like, mother, like years later, I'm like, mother, why did you let us watch this show? Yeah. Well, the show is titled Undressed. Anything after that should just be a, like superfluous. <laughs> I know. Like, I was just like, why are you okay with this? please take this away from me at this young age but um yeah I get it you know don't get me started yeah (laughs) don't even get me started so you watched Nightcrawler today I did yes I watched it today what did you think um it was it was very tense the entire movie and I was like on edge and there were some things that I knew were going to happen that did happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I fucking knew that was going to happen, but it's near the end. So I will, I'll stay up for the end. Oh, but, okay. um, it was like, I was, it was good. I liked it. What did you think of it? Yeah. I'd actually seen it before. And I remembered liking it a little bit more than I did this time, but not, mm. that's not a bad thing. I still liked it. I still think it's a good movie, but there were some things in it that made me go, mm, this seems like too liberal. Like uh, some of the times when he walked into the crime scenes and they just showed all the footage on the news. I don't know if it's seemed a little bit like, I don't know if he could just get away with that. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, like, and walking into someone's house and being able to film it, like, I know that the police aren't there, but that seemed and crazy invasive yeah like, and like i think like obviously no one's stopping him like when the police are there you know? yeah well they don't see him but that's true like the fact that they showed the footage and the police can see that he was in the house especially the last crime like why wasn't he questioned more because he could have done it like to yeah. get that up close footage to get there before the police it seems weird that they wouldn't have suspected him and so I just, th- I thought like some of it was maybe slightly overblown in a way that I didn't quite buy, but the majority of the movie I think is, is really good. Yeah. No, there's, um, you make a good point because, um, sometimes like, you know, cause I listen to all those like true crime podcasts and everything in the, in the shows and stuff like that. And 
sometimes when people find a body, the police will question the person who found it. Like, did you do this? Because you found this. Right. Like, did you know where this body already was and you found it? You know, like, so it's, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the police would be like, so you were in the house. Mm-hmm. How did you gain access to it? And were you in there because you had done the crime and now you're taking photos of it? Yeah. And yeah. also, um, when he was walking through the house, he was touching all kinds of stuff. So his fingerprints yeah. would be all over the crime scene. So so I just was thinking, like, eh, this seems a little, like I said, just too liberal. Like, I wish they would have dialed some of that back a little bit. Um, but but still, yeah, really good. Yeah. We can start at the beginning. Okay, let's <laughs> start at the beginning. That's all a right. very good place to start. <laughs> when you sing, you begin with A, B, C. <laughs> I don't think it's sing. Isn't it like read? Oh, when you read. When you read, (laughs) you begin with A, B, C. And when you sing, you begin with do, Do, re, re, me. me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. So (laughs) we we are neither singing nor reading, (laughs) but let's start from the beginning. So the movie opens up. No. um, So, okay. So Leo, wait, no, not Leo. Louis Bloom. Okay. Leo Bloom is a, the name of the um, Matthew Broderick's character and the producer. So, oh, uh, <laughs> very close, kind of close. Anyway, um, Lewis Bloom is starting out immediately super shady with cutting the uh, fence. And I sincerely thought he was cutting the fence because i thought he was disposing of a body like that was my first thought like i was like is he using that because he's like planning on throwing someone like in a the ocean or something you know like or i don't know i i don't know where los angeles is located obviously i don't know how close to the ocean it is but um, i'm just the shot was in a train yard though So, so I'm confused about why you thought the ocean was in the train yard. Because I read somewhere that you can hide a body by covering it in chicken wire and like weighing it down with rocks and then throwing it in the ocean and then it won't rise to the surface. Oh, so, so you thought he was just stealing the fence to wrap around a body. Not yeah, that he was disposing a body right there. No, no, no. I okay. thought he was stealing the fence with the idea that he was later going to dispose of a body. Okay. So it was immediately like, what the fuck is this dude doing? You know? Right. And um and then you know he got approached by this security officer or whatever. He attacks the security officer and steals the the watch. So yeah, like, and did he kill? Um, he pretty killed the guy, right? I don't think so. I mean, I don't. They never like imply it or anything. They just kind of show him attacking and then driving away, and he's like looking at the watch. Yeah, they don't really say one way or the other. But the yeah. way he is, I kind of want to think he killed the guy. He's incredibly unhinged i was waiting like any moment for this guy to so like i know i'm like going a little forward in the future but when he was in the car with rick like at any point in time i was waiting for him to reach over and like slam rick's head into the dashboard yeah no i, like, I, I was just ready like for it too. Mm-hmm. yeah and i was like i'm like this guy's so unhinged i don't know how rick is so okay with just being around with this dude Mm -hmm. and i mean he's paying him pennies on the dollar like for 
like this pretty dangerous work, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so. Yeah. So he might've killed the security guard. He may not have. Yeah. But, but I would not be surprised if he did. Cause yeah. he crazy. He yeah. Crazy. He's definitely yeah. like a sociopath or he has mental problems. And, oh, for yeah. sure. Like 100%. I mean, he has, I actually have a commentary about his moral, um, his morality, but I will say it later because it has to do with later in the film. Okay. So, okay. So immediately, you know, this guy is a hustler, you know, he goes to another dude and he's like, Hey, yeah, like a scrap metal yard. I, yeah. I, I stole. And he's like, but Hey, you should hire me. And the dude's like, fuck you, man. I'm going to fucking hire someone who like comes off the street with a bunch of stolen shit. Like who, I mean, it, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like immediately in the beginning of the movie, he tried to hustle the security guard. Cause he was like, I tried to be a security guard once. And then he attacked him and then he goes to the scrap metal yard and he tries to sell all this stolen metal, like manhole covers and fencing and stuff. And the guy kept saying, no, no, I'm not going to hire you. But he kept trying to like, Jake Gyllenhaal kept trying to like pitch all these ideas. Like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm very focused. I'm a self-starter. I'm looking for somebody to invest in me to make me better, you know? And he's just like slippery. Like he's so slippery. He can adapt yeah. at least vocally. Like he's still awkward socially, but, but verbally, I guess is the word. He, verbally, he can adapt to any situation and try to sell himself and it's yeah. really unsettling it is yeah it's it's like the thing is about the thing about lewis is that he you're right he can adapt like verbally it's like he just knows what to say you know mm -hmm. and then we see it later when he steals the car or the um not the car the bike and he's selling it to the guy and he's like oh yeah that's yeah. why i won the tour to mexico you know yeah. and and all this stuff and and he's saying it so convincingly that even though I just watch him steal this bike or know that he just stole it, I'm like, wow, I almost believe it. You know what I yeah. mean? And he put his yeah. hair up in like a, like a man ponytail, like a short yeah. man ponytail to look more like hip and yeah. You know? and like I'm, I mean, it, it's just, this guy is like just constantly stealing and selling shit. And, um, I mean, I'm, pretty sure he's done that his whole life i doubt that he's ever held like a real job like down longer than i would imagine the longest he's ever held a job down was like maybe six months you know right and i can't imagine him i would imagine that any opportunity that came his way that would make him more money he would go i he would immediately jump on that and then be like whatever who cares about this other job because i have this other opportunity where i'm gonna make more you know doing this other thing and he doesn't care who he puts in danger or who he's screwing over in order to get a couple bucks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he, he also seems like his interests changed super fast as well. Like he stumbled upon that car, that car accident. Yeah. Where they were pulling the woman out of like a burning car. And then Bill Paxton's character comes up with a camera and that's how Lou sort of learns about, I guess the business of being a night crawler, which is like going to police scenes and called, it's called something. It's called like a, I just read it on um, Wikipedia. It's called like a stringer or a springer or something with an S, but 
We'll just call it a night crawler. Yeah. So he gets involved in the night crawling business. Um, and he like, it's just like the initial, the initial parts where he is inserting himself into these situations I was just so like I just felt so awkward, you know? Like like he's, you know, he's getting all into these people's faces and these cops are like, "What the hell are you doing? Get out of here." You know, like you're not supposed to be here. And he's like, "Well, I'm I'm filming. I'm I'm for, you know, the news crew or whatever." And they're like, "I don't care what you are. Like leave." And and it's just this this I I read on the Wikipedia page that it's less it's like less of like um, him, how am I trying to word this? It, it's that he has like this sense of entitlement. Like he is yeah, owed. For sure. Yeah. And he acts like that towards every aspect of his relationships with people and his job and everything is that he has this sense of entitlement where I'm here. So I should, I deserve to be able to see what's going on. And right. it's like, but you don't because you're like, this isn't about you, you know? So uh, that was, that was interesting. The, the sense where he's like, no, 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 no. I I'm here. So let me in. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't matter who you work for. There's someone who's dying on the ground. So like let people like help him. And, and instead, respect his privacy. Right, exactly. And instead he's taking, you know, he's filming one of the worst moments in someone's life. And there's just no problem with it broadcasting all over, you know, Los well, Angeles news. That's something that I was curious about because I always assumed, and I watched this with Mike and he said the same thing that like, I always assumed that any footage we saw from any scene on the news was just the news crew. So I don't know if it's just big cities where they have these like ambulance chasers basically or what, but I, I've never watched a newscast where I've seen such graphic footage. So I'm curious, I'm thinking probably the movie was making a commentary on like the news sensationalizing things as well yeah. as a commentary on his character. But like, I didn't know that that job existed before I saw this movie, that there were people who videotape gruesome things and sell them to news organizations and the news organizations play them on the news because some of it seemed like I could never imagine seeing it on the news you know yeah and so I thought that was interesting and I don't know if it's just like Los Angeles New York Chicago places like that where they have it's like a big business or what but something that I thought was really fascinating in the movie is just like for some reason I think maybe for movie people los angeles has sort of an allure so like the seedy nighttime of los angeles is is kind of alluring to watch a movie about Mm -hmm. and i thought that aspect was pretty fascinating (laughs) and they showed a lot of like establishing shots of of like the skyline and just all the lights just civilization as far as you can see you know and i thought that was kind of pretty and, and neat and i liked how they sort of like drilled down to the to little bits like little slices of life and people's like you said the worst moments of people's lives and he's getting like a sick sort of satisfaction out of it because he he puts all the the stuff he 
records on his computer. And then he said later to Renee Russo's character, I watch, I watch my work all the time. So he's watching these like replays of gruesome events at his home, presumably. And I think that's interesting as well. Like he's definitely, he has a screw loose or something. Like there's something wrong with him and he's so calculating and cold and scary and yeah. i think it's funny that people still do business with him yeah he would creep me out like if i but but also where i was going with this was so he meets renee russo and she's so hungry to like boost ratings and keep her job that she buys the footage from him of the the guy like on a gurney getting uh-huh. resuscitated and then that sort of starts the ball rolling which we can talk about a little later but i just i think it's it's an interesting commentary on how the news is like always trying to one up itself yeah well and she's you know i i first of all have to say that i'm not really surprised that that kind of career exists or i don't even know if you'd really call it a career but that kind of job exists um but i do have to say that i guess how like I don't I wonder if that kind of thing where that you know it's someone who's like just sitting and listening to you know a police scanner just waiting for the next thing I I, I just can't imagine doing that I, I can't imagine sitting there for hours on end and just being like let's wait you know like let's hear about someone's like the worst day of their life and then let's go and let's film everything about it and and I, I think it's, um, it really shows how bloodthirsty these news stations are where they're willing to essentially expose um, ho- these horrible things that are happening to people just for like the ratings. They're willing right. to sacrifice their moral, um, you know, their morality in order to just get a better score. And right. at what point is it, is it news or like, at what point is it, is it news? And at what point do we get to like the point where it's like almost tabloid, you know, um, yeah. just sick generations of, of, you know, you're, you're generating like this, these disgusting news stories, these horrible news stories about these people and being like, oh, well, at least it's not you, you know, like, and that's kind yeah. of almost what they're doing. And I feel I, that, yeah, that is, yeah, that's, I like, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And, and there is a serious lack of um, really like con- conscious or conscience, you know, with these people, mm-hmm. um, they don't care what they do, how they hurt people. Uh, as long as they get their story and it's scary you know yeah I agree it's it's kind of like like crime is big business I mean there's podcasts and tv shows and about crime like people love crime and even in the news like real like current present happening crime people can't get enough of it almost and I think you saying like it's like schadenfreude almost you know like oh Mm -hmm. well it's not you you know and and so why does why is crime entertaining like why are people's misfortunes entertainment for so many people you know 
Yeah. And I, I think that, that, that the movie sort of delves into that as well. And it's, it's interesting. It's, it's almost like watching a scary movie. Like it's Halloween. I want to watch a scary movie because I want to get scared. But what's more scary than real people really getting murdered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I think too, is that, so I don't know if you want to skip forward a little bit since we're talking about it. So since they were, um, you know, there was those people murdered in Granada Hills, that was, they were like, oh, this is great. This is huge. This is big information because it's a white suburban neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's like richer people. And so they don't even care about someone else who gets murdered in some like, you know, um, like a poorer part of town because it's like, oh, well, that stuff happens all the time there. So why would we care about that? But instead they're like, oh my God, these super rich people, you know, get murdered in their mansion. So let's like, let's like let's just expose the hell out of that and let's keep going into it and and diving into it and they kept you know they said that they were like we're gonna play this footage throughout the day so they were just eating it up and they were just using every single little aspect of that to make sure that they could get as much you know um like the best ratings that they could and it's really fucked up. Yeah, and she told- doesn't like who cares if they're from a rich white neighborhood. They're still, you know, or or a poor neighborhood. They're still people, regardless. It's still people's lives who are, you know, they're they're now lost. It doesn't matter what their financial background is. They're still people. So the fact that they're so intent on, on you know, I mean, it, it just really says it really says something about these news people and and well i think i think it says something about society in general yeah um news people for sure but i think because she even told him early on when he brought the first footage she's like yeah we pay pretty good for clips especially if it's upper class especially if it's you know crime towards upper class people and then when he after he hired rick they were listening to the police scanner all day and Rick was like, oh, there's a police call for such and such. And Lou was like, come on, Rick, that's on like Fifth Street. You know, that <laughs> yeah. sort of stuff happens all the time there. Like it's not news. When crime happens in a crime ridden area, it's not exciting for people. Right. But when crime happens in an area that is not used to seeing such crime, it's like, that's why it's big news. So I don't think it's just the news stations. I think it's it's just people in general yeah, who are sort of fascinated by that and scared by it. But people like being scared a little bit as long as it's not them, you know? Yeah. No, I, yeah. So they're capitalizing on that desire in people. And it's interesting. It is interesting. It's, it's honestly, it's pretty scary. The whole, you know, idea of it is that, um it's just it, it's it, it's like the lack of concern for people who are in these crime ridden areas you know they don't want to bring any sort of um any sort of attention to it so he hires rick and he's paying him or at first he's like okay you're gonna be my intern i, I thought had, like he was so ridiculous how he like got rick all excited and then Rick was like, how much am I getting paid? And he goes, it's an internship. And I was yeah. like, oh, this guy sucks so bad. I know. He sucks so bad. 
But thankfully, Rick had enough balls to say, I need to get something. You know, like Rick right. was pretty wishy-washy. And I think they implied that he was just out of high school. So oh, that's yeah, why yeah. he was able to get, like, manipulated so easily. But still. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, and like, and then he's like, oh, I'll pay you $30 a night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, how many hours is this dude working? And he sat with hours? him for hours listening oh, to, yeah. 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 I mean, $30 a night. I was like, I was like, is it like you're like sitting with him for three hours? So you're making 10? Like, okay, then I could see that. But like, I don't think so. I think it's like six hours. It seemed like it was a long time. Yeah. So he's making like $5 or less an hour. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm, I just kept the whole time. I was like, Rick, get another job, man. Just leave this job. You got a psycho boss. What are you doing? You know, like you Mm got to watch out for yourself. And I don't know why he kept sticking around. Maybe he liked the work or something, but I guess they never really showed that though. They never showed him being excited about it. They just showed him being kind of like, like just blowing in the wind, you know, like Rick, like he was like a little passive about it. Yeah. Yeah. And Jake Gyllenhaal was so, like, scary, manipulative. Like, after they said, I don't know, after a couple months, he had, like, a brand new car, like a Dodge Charger or something. Yeah. And Rick was pumping the gas. And Jake Gyllenhaal peeked into the window at the gas station. And he was like, I really like your progress. You're doing so well. But you just spilled gasoline on my car, and that can damage the paint. And if you ever do that again, I'm going to fire you. And he's... yeah so creepy and scary and i can't imagine working for someone like that well and he's the thing is like about leo or not leo jesus i keep calling him leo the thing about lewis is that he's so unhinged like he just looks like any second he's gonna snap Mm -hmm. and i could see maybe rick being like kind of maybe too scared to leave that situation yeah but be. also it's not like you're living with a guy 24 7 you're not under his thumb all the time you know you can go out during the day and search for a better paying job that's yeah 30 dollars a day dollars a day it's <laughs> weird the whole thing was weird like the movie is very strange it is it's very weird and it, it keeps you on edge like mm-hmm. the whole time yeah yeah the wikipedia page actually but then, so, so anyway, so we briefly mentioned this, but Lou begins a relationship with one of the channels that Renee yeah. Russo was like the station director for. And he, Stringers, that's what they're called. Stringers, okay. Yeah, and he's okay. pretty much um, exclusive to them. He gives them all of his footage. Right. And you get a montage of him improving and getting better equipment. And like I said, getting a new car. And he keeps going back and, and giving um footage to the channel but the first time he gave he the first time he took footage to them he was in the room with them when they were discussing it and she was like oh this is awesome this is great footage and 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 so he overheard that all and so he know he knew how to bargain like he could bargain with them because they pretty much showed all their cards basically like even mike said that when we were watching it he was like they just showed all their cards because he was in the room when they were watching the footage 
So I thought it was kind of weird that he was in the room with him. I did I would too. Think that, yeah. I would think they'd be like, thanks, give us the footage, we'll review it, and then we'll let you know how much we'll pay for it. You right. Know? But instead they were like talking in front of him like, oh, this is really good. We can use this and we can use it as our like headline shot and we can, you know. Yeah. So he was able to like pretty much name his price almost up to a certain yeah. point. And so I thought that was really strange. Like, I just feel like he got away with a lot of things that in real life I don't think would be that easy. No, I think so too. I mean, and they, you know, I mean, they even mention it later when he, he's going to the police station and the woman is questioning him. Um, and it's just like, this guy can continuously just pretty much do whatever he wants. He steals bikes. He steals, he attacks a guy and steals his watch. And for some reason, there's no repercussions on that, even though, you know, I mean, the guy who got attacked could easily be like, okay, he was like five foot 10 and like looked like a fucking psychopath. Like these crazy, like huge blue eyes, like greasy dark hair, you know, like, it's just like, mm-hmm. there's so many, it's just, I just have a hard time believing. Yeah. And like when the, the he but went that, to the one, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, he went to the one neighborhood that was like, the house that got shot up by stray bullets and he walked yeah. into the house and he like moved the pictures around on the fridge to frame the gun the driving bullet. me nuts by the way like that he was like touching them with his two fingers i was like cool you just left very obvious fingerprints on those pictures like good job yeah you know? well i think i think what happened was i don't think that the house was like I think that the person was outside waving the gun around and shooting at things. And so stray bullets got into the house. But yeah, no, I thought the same thing. Like, why would you get your fingerprints out of anything on anything? But so he framed the bullet, like there was a bullet hole in the fridge and he like framed it. So it looked more sensational and everything. And I think it's so weird that the police wouldn't see that footage and like suspend, like give him a cease and desist or something, you know? Right. And he said like, oh, the door was open. So it's not technically breaking and entering, but it is still like trespassing. And, and well, it's ethically on a level, like where it's like, you, you still shouldn't come into a stranger's home uninvited, like regardless of of whether or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, what were you saying? Well, I just, I just, I, that's just another part of unrealism that, that started getting like sort of getting on my nerves because like the scene, so then there's a scene where there's a car accident and he moves the body on the yeah. road to front to like create a better shot. And I'm on board with that because it's not walking into somebody's house and he made it there before the cops, like, cause he, they'd hear like the dispatch call, you know? So I'm like, okay, this really shows how crazy he is because he's moving a dead body so he can get a better shot of like the broken car and the dead body. And I was, I thought that was interesting, but I don't understand if in the real world he could get all that footage inside people's homes of crime scenes and he wouldn't be like charged with something or they wouldn't give him like like a mega fine or something, you know, like he's such an opportunist. Well, and it wouldn't, it's not like it would be difficult for the police to track down who filmed it. Exactly. All all they'd have to be is call up, it's called KWLA, like, what is it? KWLA six. All they'd have to do is call up them. 
be like, who took that footage? Oh, it was Louis well, Bloom. Great. Well, we're going to go visit him. And later yeah. in the movie, he wanted them to say his name. Like, and I don't know what, like, what was his motivation for that? He's just like getting too inflated. Like he's too big for his britches. He's like, I want you to say that it's video production news, a news gathering resource. And I'm, I'm Louis Bloom. And I was thinking, why would you put your name all over that? I mean, they could find him, like you said, easily, but there's just, I guess there was like, here's the line of realisticness. And then it goes over that line for me a few times in a way that is not easily explained. Right. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. It's very weird that, oh, so actually this is a thought that I had. Um, maybe the reason why the police aren't going after him is just because they have too much to do. That could be. They don't really ever say that, though. Right. Like, they never, like, I would have been totally fine if there was a scene, like, maybe it's on the cutting room floor, but if there's a scene of him and Rick in the car and Rick saying, I saw your footage, it looked like you went into somebody's house, and he'd say, Rick, this country is overrun with criminals. They don't have time to worry about people like me. The police are too busy. Then maybe I would get on board with the fact that he can get away with it. But they didn't ever, they never showed that the cops were too busy. Because right. the cops were at every scene and the cops were attentive at every scene. Like they'd kick him out or they'd push him back, you know? Yeah. So, so it, yeah, that is weird. And they could have like easily inserted that into a situation mm-hmm. and it would have made sense and it would have taken two seconds to say, and it would have like it explained a lot of stuff like you're what, like what you said yeah yeah um so okay so then he lou asks nina out which i the entire time i was like girl no don't uh uh-uh, don't yeah. go i I just, I felt so uncomfortable. She clearly was not interested in him, but then she's like, I'm doing this as a professional courtesy. And I was like, why? Well, he, he tried to like blackmail her because she said when he asked her on the TV studio, she was like, well, we have such a good working relationship. I don't want to mess that up. And he said, well, what if you mess it up by saying no? Ugh. So he's manipulating her then, but I don't like, there's being hungry to keep your job. And then there's being like, okay, I can get a new job. Like, cause he said to her, I know that you haven't been at the same TV station for more than two years. So obviously she's used to getting new jobs all the time. She does not have to go on a date with him. No, she can just quit her job. I have no idea why she went out with him. Cause he was so creepy. Well, and also not only that, but it's not like he has any power within the company. Like, right. what is he going to do? Like, he could go, I mean, what is he going to do? So they lose someone who is really good at, at finding these, you know, um, these incidences that are happening and is good at filming them. And yeah, obviously that's important, but he's being so overwhelmingly creepy and so aggressive and like just manipulative about the entire situation that I was like, why why put yourself in that scenario you know i think like the trickle down effect would be he's not gonna come give them footage anymore their ratings are gonna fall and she'll get fired regardless so he doesn't technically work for the company but he does still hold a lot of power at that moment over her job yeah yeah i mean at least i mean she could find somebody else to get the footage to them you know if she wanted i'm sure but right um so anyway so they go out on the date 
they go and get margaritas or whatever and he's just super creepy the whole time and then you find out that he ends up um sabotaging um bill paxton's van yeah but before that he coerces her to have sex with him oh yeah 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 we should talk about that <laughs> yes. like he yeah. he gives her this like very like i think part of the reason he's so creepy is everything he says is said with such a calm manner yes and he so calmly creepy. says you know what i'm okay working alone but i i really miss companionship physical and just companionship and he basically in in the calmest way possible coerce, coerces her into beginning a sexual relationship with him yep and you can tell like it's so awkward because she obviously doesn't want to do it and thankfully, we don't have to watch any of those scenes. But <laughs> later in the movie, he gets mad at her and he barely raises his voice. And he says, what you need to do is stop asking me questions. And when we're alone in your apartment and I ask you to do things, I don't want you to talk back like you did the last time, you know? Oh, God, so that was just so, so weird. But then she does this like weird thing at the end, which we can get to. We don't have to talk to you now that confused me as well but anyway yes he then messes with bill paxton who is his well bill paxton tries to like recruit him to work yeah for yeah him. yeah. that's right yeah he does yeah and instead of saying and he said no but instead right. of leaving it at that he yeah he sabotages his van right well so bill paxton is like you know come and work with me he's like well you'll make less money but then i don't even i wasn't even sure like what in my opinion it didn't seem like there was any real incentive for Lewis to like join his team. He's like, yeah, you'll be making less money. And I'm like, okay, then not interested immediately. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like yeah. I just bought a new Dodge charger asshole. So fuck you. Like, right. you know, it's just like, and then it was, you know, yeah. Yeah. A and thinly veiled and then, attempt to just get the, right. the get the competition <laughs> off the streets. Yeah, exactly. And then Bill Paxton like absolutely loses his shit over and he's like, well, fuck you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's the way to win him over every time, you know, yeah. like, uh, um, so weird, so weird. Um, and yeah, so then, so then Leo or not, God, I keep calling him Leo. Lewis sabotages, his name is Joe. Bill Paxton's character's name is Joe. Um, his van and Lou is filming as, as you know, Bill is being pulled out of the van and like just absolutely bloodied and can't even say anything. He looks like he has a broken neck. They have like a thing to stabilize his like head. Um, and he's just, just this super eerie moment where he, they're making eye contact and they just pull him away. And it's like two or three seconds long. And it's like, he's looking at him like, what the fuck did you do to me? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's oh. intense. And also was... Rick says to Lou, like, we shouldn't tape him because he's he's one of us. Right. And Lou was like, not anymore. Now he's a paycheck, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. And you can tell that Bill Paxson knows, like, I feel like you could tell that Bill Paxson knows that Lou did something. I think he did. Because yeah. he, I just, I just can't not believe that he didn't, like think that you know what i mean right the look he was giving him yeah was, was like a bit more than like oh like now i know knew. what it's like to be on this side of the camera the look was more like this is on you i know you did something yep. yeah yeah 
Mm-hmm. And that is just the beginning of Lewis's yeah. craziness because it gets so much worse after this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just got a message from a, a friend that I like hung out with maybe four times in my entire life. Oh, wow. And I'm like, the last time I spoke to her, she like sent me a message asking her to, or asking me to, it was something like that I thought was really creepy. It was like, rate the cuteness of her baby so her baby could win some contest and I was like I'm not gonna rate your child's attractiveness that's super weird like you given your it child's a, a baby what you should have given it the lowest score <laughs> like no your baby's ugly yeah. no it's just like I just I was really like weirded out by that and I was like okay we even talked in like five years no, and this is the first thing you say to me I've had friends send me messages like that on Facebook too like hey they don't say this but it's like hey I know we never talk to each other we're more like acquaintances but I need you to do this thing for me do me a solid you know like I know I'm like no no, no I don't or, hey I know we weren't friends in high school but I'm selling mascara now and I would like you to join my pyramid scheme yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they're like you can also make twenty thousand dollars a month sitting at home and i was like "Mm, probably not that (laughs) sounds like a yeah no (laughs) yeah multi-level marketing anyway yeah yeah, no yeah okay so yes and we never find out if bill paxton died or not you never hear anything about him but we do know that jake gyllenhaal or lou i guess has the market for the rest of forever in the movie, you know. Yeah, I mean that's what it sounds like. And at the end, he's got like two vans and everything. So I, I wonder. I do wonder what happened to Bill Paxton. I don't know if like you're supposed to kind of assume that maybe he didn't survive. Um, he looked like he was really bad off. Yeah, so, did not look good. Which it would make sense that the viewer might not find out what happens because uh, um, Lewis might not necessarily care about what happens obviously I I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't imagine that he would care unless it was like it it affected his business you know Mm -hmm. Um, all he cares about is that it's out he's out of the way now right I would care that this guy was gonna get like revenge on me but you know I mean I also wouldn't sabotage someone's van try and kill them so right (laughs) like there's therein lies the difference like I don't really want to kill people so um but yeah so then so then we get to like the cusp the the climax or not the climax but like the whole what starts the whole thing rolling is the the triple homicide in the affluent neighborhood yes um and lou like straight up gets footage of the fucking gunmen like yeah they're still so they hear the um basically the alarm system called the police so they hear that dispatch call so they make it there before the police yeah because they're like five minutes away or something yeah yeah gets the gunman on foot like footage of the gunman clears day sees the um license plate of the vehicle it's like he could have not had any more like i mean he couldn't have been any luckier with like having as far as like police are concerned if he went straight to the police but this guy is just so corrupt that he's like "Mm, i could go to the police or i could use this to my advantage and further my career by not turning them in and seeing who else they screw over yeah yeah he's basically like 
while you're watching it, you don't realize it until later on, but he's basically directing real life. Yeah. And I can't take credit for that totally because Mike did say that as well. So I just want to give credit to him. And I thought that's a really good way of phrasing it. Like he's directing, he's basically creating a movie out of real life and he's, he's manipulating like everything. Yeah. He's like manipulating reality to see what works for him. To make money and to, yeah. Yeah. And um, so he walks into the house after he videotapes the bad guys sleeping. Yep. And he, like, films three dead bodies. Yeah. Which I thought, again, was just super weird that he just, like, walked in, filmed these bodies. And I thought it was weird that, like, what you said, too, that the news would show it. It seems... Yeah. I mean, they were like, oh, this is really graphic. But I was just like... Now, granted, I don't watch the news. So I don't know. Maybe it's gotten worse. Although this was, like, six years ago. But it's... I'm assuming it hasn't changed much in six years. You know, I'm assuming that the news. Yeah, I can't imagine the news actually showing that footage, especially since he obtained it in such a weird way. Like he said, I went in to help, but then I found them dead. And I'm like, why would you go in to help with like all of your camera equipment? You know what I mean? Like, I think the news. And like they have a scene where Renee Russo is, is saying like, it, can we legally show this? And they're like, well, blur out the faces. And yeah. And I thought that's such a like fringy thing. I have no idea how accurate this is, but I can't imagine any news that I've ever seen showing that. Yeah. Well, and even her, like the guy that she's working with, the guy that like was giving her legal counsel or whatever you, I don't know if he was her boss or whatever. He was like morally, ethically, can we show this? Like, yeah. and he kept ca- asking that he's like, ethically is this okay to show and i'm just like i'm like sitting there like dude no yeah (laughs) it's definitely not okay to show like not at all and they just do it anyway and they blur out you know they blur out like the the wounds and the people's faces and everything but that seems so graphic to show on the tv it seems unrealistic it does to me too i could picture them showing like some of the scenes like the empty baby crib yeah and the gun on the steps i could see them showing clips like that but i i could never imagine a news source showing fresh dead bodies no and really weird i thought it was especially weird too because um the Uh, newscasters were like oh oh we're coming up in a baby's crib I hope there's not a baby in there and it was like oh my god like what if there's a dead baby in there yeah I I don't know what's wrong with like the newscasters because they didn't seem weirded out by the fact that he was walking through a murder house either they were just yeah so weird but that was kind of a neat scene where she was like Renee Russo's character was her name Nina uh, yeah, it was like was like a, was like directing the anchors what to say. Like she was talking in a microphone, and she's like, "Call it a vicious attack." And then you could see how her instructions, how they sort of acted them out as yeah. the anchors. They were like taking what she said and like putting it into the like context of what they're talking about. And I thought that was interesting. And it's almost like the news is directing their own movie as well. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's all levels. 
I was I was thinking that entire time while they were doing that they were like like she's like say vicious attack and and they were like oh you know this is just terrible it's really just a vicious vicious attack you know but I'm like the entire time I was like if someone was talking in my ear I'd be like it was a yeah okay a vicious attack you know? yeah. like I would yeah. like pause because I'd be listening and mm-hmm. I'd be like having a hard time but they were just so smoothly like just saying professionals it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I'm like man someone has to work for years and years to get to that level where they can just seamlessly add that in to what they're already saying yeah I mean I know that they have like a prompter that they read so um I would imagine that maybe there it wasn't like directed to the newscasters as much as it was directed to the prompter you know but then I'm thinking about it and I'm like so then if she you know if Nina is is saying like okay so say it's a vicious attack so then the prompter has to scramble to like either rewrite what they've already written oh I thought I had my AC on but I didn't okay um you rewrite what they already written or add something else that that makes sense and that sounds good on the news like in within seconds you know and so yeah i don't know i kind of thought that that she was she had a direct line to the newscasters that's kind of what i thought too i'm not sure though it was very like um, for breaking news like that it kind of seemed like they weren't prepared for it so they didn't have the prompter right because it seemed like they were like the newscasters were like discovering it as the video went through the house that's true that's true yeah and then she was just sort of giving them emphasis words to say but right i know what you mean like i'm sure that they have to do revisions on teleprompters and stuff oh yeah yeah for sure it was um definitely like i don't think i could do that <laughs> i'm pretty no, sure no i don't either that. yeah that would not be uh i would be like i'd be like what what What'd they just say? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, Finally, detectives do come to his house the next day. Yeah. To talk yeah. to him about being at the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. And he says something like, oh, I went to help and everything. And you could tell that the de- detectives don't believe him, but it really bothers me that they don't have any legal ground to do anything to him. Like, they can't say, well you may have gone into help but you videotaped and sold like you profit you're basically profiteering off of these people's death like yeah yeah you made money you say you went to help but you made money by filming their dead bodies and selling that footage like that you know there's nothing there's no legal avenue for them to say you have to pay us you know six thousand dollars to the family or something you know what i mean like there's right no prosecution or anything that can happen from that because that seems really weird and he they they left because they didn't have any reason to be there but why like like we talked about earlier why wouldn't they say did you do this like your fingerprints are at the crime scene you know well and it makes me wonder too why they're not like can we watch the uncut footage like the unedited footage but they didn't she said i'm gonna need a copy of the footage and he said oh i I made you a copy already so why wouldn't they say like it seems like they're bad detectives because if that was me i'd be like no i don't want the copy you made me i need to see the original just like you said yeah well like and he can i mean you know like you know better than anyone it you can seamlessly edit something out to make it look you know oh, right like it's, it, yeah. and it's just like and um and it's just it, 
So he could edit anything out, just be like, oh, I turned off my, you know, my camcorder at this point. Um, but yeah, instead it's just like, oh, sure, I'll take that copy that you could have fixed or done something to. Yeah. Or like, it's just anything. Like, I, I'm, I'm like, no, you guys are terrible cops. You're yeah, terrible they're terrible. I just realized something, though. I just put something together that I didn't put together when I was watching the movie. So earlier I said, I don't understand why he wanted them to say his name so mm-hmm. much. And I just figured it out because he was already planning to say that the killers were coming after him because they saw the footage on the news. Cause you know, oh. later he told the detective, he was like, yeah, I saw a black SUV outside my apartment and I didn't think anything uh... of it. And I just put that together now. So he even planned that. It wasn't that he was getting too, well, he was getting too big for his britches, but that's not why he wanted them to say his name. He was creating his own alibi for why he would be in the vicinity (laughs) of the killers. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't put that together. That's good. I didn't, I didn't at all either. Um, But let's talk about Rick and Lou following the suspects. Oh, yeah. So he did, like, a license plate search on his own and found Mm -hmm. out where the suspect lived. Yeah. And so he's, like, following their – they're they're staking out the outside of this guy's, you know, house or whatever. And and Rick is starting to finally come to the realization that he's (laughs) really underpaid. Like, really (laughs) underpaid. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I want more money. And he starts going like, "I'll have a hundred seventy-five a night." Like, yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> "Like, like Rick." I know. I was always like, ask for more than you want. Yeah, always like ask he, for more. Well, and then he even goes like, "You would have given me more money, wouldn't have you?" And Lou just laughs and he goes, "Yep." And like it was just like. And so Rick is finally getting to the point where he's like, okay, you're really underpaying me. And now I want to be paid half of what you're making. Yeah. So this is actually, I thought this was really interesting scene because Rick is getting more and more understandably upset because he's being paid pennies on the dollar. I mean, really like really poorly, you know, um, he's like, I can't imagine He's, he's living in a garage, so he's probably not paying rent. I mean, how right. can he? There's no, yeah. there's no way that he could afford that. There's no possible way unless he works two jobs, which I kind of assume he did just because like, how else are you going to be making ends meet? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, so he, you know, he's like swearing at Lou and everything and Lou just goes really quiet. He goes, I would never swear at an employer. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought yes. it was interesting. And this is actually what I wanted to say was that I really, hi there. <laughs> I really sincere. go. I really sincerely think that Lou thinks that he, you want to say hi? No, he's not meowing. <laughs> um, I really sincerely think that Lou thinks that he has the higher ground with this guy, like the moral higher ground, because he's like, I would never swear at an employer. Yeah. I would never yeah. do that. And, and so Rick, in his eyes, I think he was like legitimately thinking that Rick was the bad guy for asking for money when in reality, Rick is owed like half of that because he's on the same, you know, he's in the same 
scenario and the same scene with this dude risking his life to get these this footage and god lou is just such a i just i also think it's like i think it's just a manipulation tactic as well like oh yeah for sure like oh he said a curse word so now i can use that against him you know like i would Mm -hmm. never swear at an employer so if rick wonders why he didn't get more of a raise it's because remember when i told you that i would never swear at an employer you swore at me you know yeah 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 yeah, I mean, he's using it certainly like for leverage later on where he's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, well, I would have never done that. And so, well, <laughs> um, you're also screwing this guy over, you know, not paying him enough money. And I, yeah, and he said, like, so they're parked outside the suspect's house. And Rick wisely says, why don't we call the cops right now? Yeah. And Lou is like, well, we're going to follow him and we're going to wait till he goes to a more exciting location. So we can get better footage. Mm-hmm. And that's when Rick should have been like, I quit. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I, uh, but he yeah. didn't, he stayed. And then they follow this car to like a Chinese restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lou tells Rick, okay, I need you to get out of the car and go stand on that corner for the, a good angle. Cause he called like Lou calls the cops and says, I think the suspect for the Grenada Hills killings is in this restaurant. And then Rick is like, I'm not getting out of the car. And I thought if that was me, I would be out of the car so fast and I would just keep walking. Like, Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, I would be like, okay. I mean, I feel like a long time ago, I would have been like, there's something really wrong with this guy, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. like the point where he, he's like, you got gasoline on my car and that can ruin the paint. I will fucking fire you if you, you know, and I mean, I think at that point I would have been like the next day, I would have been like, I don't know if I should go back, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, is this $75 a night or the yeah, 30 at surely, that point? Surely <laughs> he could get more money at any oh. other job. Like, he seemed smart. He seemed dopey in like a youthful way, but not dopey in a stupid way. Yeah. So I think yeah. he could have gotten a job at like, yeah. he could have worked at a convenience store or something, you know? I mean, anything like he's yeah. making more money, making minimum wage, you know? Yeah. I don't know how much minimum wage is in um, California, but I mean, like here it's what, like, is it like nine thirty an hour or something or is it more? It's gotta be pretty high. Cause the cost of living in California is high, yeah. but I don't know. But so anyway, so the cops come to this Chinese restaurant and there's like this mega shootout and they yep. watch cops get shot right in front of them yep one guy gets straight up just shot shot by yeah the suspect. and rick like an idiot gets back in the car with lou yeah and i don't get it but <laughs> anyway so they go yeah, on a car well, chase and also like not to mention earlier but like lou is repeatedly putting um uh rick in danger by speeding and acting yeah. like a maniac on yes. the road like mm-hmm. like and there's so many times where rick is like dude slow down man like you know like <laughs> like telling him you know like you need to stop speeding you're going crazy and yeah and so lewis has a death wish or something and he's speeding down the road um following this suv and the suv crashes oh one of the suspect dies he gets killed Mm-hmm. Um, but the other guy, the like skinnier dude is still there and he overturns his SUV and he's in the car still and Leah or no, like, 
keep calling him Leo. Lewis gets out and walks over and is like, oh yeah, no, he's dead. You can Rick, come over and, and film this. And before this happened, like maybe about halfway through their relationship, I was like, Rick is going to die. Like oh, really? I <laughs> fucking knew it. I knew he was going to die. I was like, I was like, Lewis doesn't care about him. He clearly, I mean, he obviously doesn't care about him or he wouldn't pay him $30 and, you know, a night to -hmm. work with him. And so the, the suspect is still alive and he shoots Rick and Rick fucking dies. But before he dies, Lewis is like kneeling over him and is like, yeah, I don't work with people who are, what does he, what does he say? Like, he said, I I can't trust you not to demand more from me or more money from me. Or I, you know, like he he basically implied that Rick was like untrustworthy and this is his comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's exactly what I'm saying is that like, I think Lou genuinely believes that he is taking the moral high ground by like, you know, because, okay, so you know that show just Disenchantment, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Um, there is a scene where the villain is, like, explaining, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I did this and I did that and blah, blah, blah. And and then he uh, walks away and he comes back and he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, in everything, uh, by the way, in my mind, everything that I'm doing is righteous. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, that is exactly what Lou thinks because he... The the guy who wrote the 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 story said that Lou is more like an antihero, but I strongly disagree with that. No, I think he's a villain. I agree like, the whole time. Mike and I had Mike said the same thing. He's like he's not an antihero, and I no. agree because you never want him to win. Right? Like he's yeah. never he's never on the right side of anything. No, and it's like you could maybe understand if. Yeah, like you're right. I don't want him to win. I want him to fail because I don't like him as a character. Right. He's an awful you want him person. Yeah, yeah, you want him to get his 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 comeuppance. Basically. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. like 100%. And um and so I Yeah, ha- there's I, nothing heroic about what he does. No. Like filming no. people in their like in their worst moments isn't like a hero thing no it's like he's absolutely doing this because it is going to in the long run help him out and to him that's Mm -hmm. all that matters he doesn't care about anyone else he doesn't care about the consequences of his actions he doesn't care about what happens to people in like in how those actions that he does affects them because what he does is he's willing to put a bunch of totally innocent people in danger just to get a good shot of these suspects yeah and you know going on a car chase and possibly i mean i definitely i would say injuring other cops other than the one that killing cops yeah Yeah. he's he's just like well it doesn't matter because in the long run i get my footage so and 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 i yeah no i would never ever call him an anti-hero no. definitely not he is 100 a villain a bad guy yeah like, it's a very strange movie because there's i guess you you kind of root for rick a little bit but you don't really get to know rick well enough to really root for him that much but he's pretty much the only character that is like worthy of any sort of good feelings basically yeah like any sort and he of doesn't redemption. even do that much yeah. No, I know. And and 
so okay so then i wanted to talk to you about the end when um when ugh, this is like fruit fly towards me <laughs> this little will go away it's like anyway this thing is haunting me i have a fruit fly and it's trying to attack me but it's okay because i'm like ten thousand times bigger than it <laughs> anyway um so the end when he's talking to Rene Russo, he's talking to Nina and um, they're standing close to each other. And he's, and he's like, she's saying how she's happy that he got the footage and she's like, I want it. And he goes, how much do you want it? And I was like, man, they've just got this weird, like sexual tension. Like, did you get that too? That's because what I was, was going to mention earlier in the movie. That's what I said I was going to talk about later. Like her character did a shift. And it's almost like she became as hungry as he did. Like he was hungry to make money in yeah. any way possible. And she was hungry to keep her job. And he sort of put her on top because he brought her all this footage. And she was talking to him and they had like such a like close romantic breathy conversation almost. And it was yeah. really weird. like her character shifted. Like she maybe is no longer as coerced as she was before because she's like maybe it's like a weird stockholm syndrome or something i don't yeah. know what you call it but well and especially yeah. the language that they were using you know she's yeah. like i want it and he goes how much do you want it and i was yeah. just like that's not professional language at all and no, it's, it's really it was really weird it was very strange okay good because i was watching that and i was like I wonder if Sam is getting the same like sexual vibe from this as I was. Cause I thought that was, and it, it didn't make me feel good. It made me feel gross and icky. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, unless I guess it's possible that she's fighting fire with fire now and she's yeah. taking him out to manipulate him, you know, either way it was a weird and uncomfortable scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't care for either of their characters. Like if, if I was in her shoes, I would have been like, I'd rather quit my job than touch you in any way. Like the thought <laughs> of touching you, even just shaking your hand makes me want to quit my job in the next three jobs that I'll, you know what I mean? Like I, she like had his, to have some issues as well to go along with his plan, I think. Well, yeah. And like, oh, and then we didn't mention there's like a scene where she's like, you've got blood on your shirt and he's like no that's not what that is and then and then she's like no you have blood on your sleeve too and he goes oh so i do and it was just like yeah so nonchalant there's no concern with the fact that he has blood on him but he doesn't have any cuts that's another thing and that was right <laughs> after he moved the body at the accident scene so I, I would have liked i think there were some problems with the movie and that's one of them or i would have liked more moments where people were realizing like you could see people realizing that he wasn't all that he said he was like but instead she was so enamored with like the ratings that she yeah. let stuff like that slide and i think that's really strange like just show me a boardroom meeting where somebody's like do you guys think it's weird that lou gets these super up close shots does anyone think it's weird that Lou had blood on his shirt? You know what I mean? Like just yeah. something, maybe not something quite so out in the open, but just, I felt like everyone he was involved with was slightly stupid. I didn't think he was that, like, he's very street smart and he's very like manipulative, but it was almost as if they made it too easy for him to be that way. Right. You know? Right. 
Yeah. I don't think I would fall. I, I think it would be hard for me to fall for a snake oil salesman. Like not fall yeah. like romantic. I just mean like to believe his, like to not be skeptical about him or her. Right. Well, and, and I, I think it's weird that all of them just sort of jumped in. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it's not even like he's nicely dressed in like a suit or something or, or like even has clean hair. His hair always looks greasy. Yeah. And he's so you know? gaunt. Yeah. yeah. Like he's just, and he always has this wild eyed stare mm-hmm. where, I mean, I would never feel comfortable with someone like that. Like immediately I feel like I'd be like, you know, nope. I think I'm okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm, yeah. you're really creeping me out. I'm really getting a weird vibe from you. Um, yeah, no, it would be, it'd be weird. It'd be super weird. Yeah. So I just, I think that that, like, I, I wish that they would have dialed back the unrealism just a little bit. That would have, I think that would have made for a better movie, but I thought his performance was really good. Um, and I also like, so the, the detectives do come back and question him and he basically gets away with it. Like, yep. and, the, and then the last shot, like even the detective even said, you filmed your partner dying. And mm-hmm. I just, there's gotta be repercussions that the movie just doesn't explore. And maybe they just made it more simple for the sake of the movie. But anyway, so then at the end of the movie, he uh he's talking to like new employees and he has two new vans and he says to them and i would never put you in any position that i wouldn't do to myself you know basically lying to their faces yep yep all right um if anyone here's purring my cat is directly on my chest and yeah i was i was no selling that the whole time because you put your cat in the view but i wanted to finish what i was saying so i (laughs) was like trying not to smile he's sitting directly on my chest he's like this is the most comfortable spot for me so i think I he needs all the attention he needs so many attention he doesn't (laughs) never no one ever loves him or feeds him or gives him head pats or kisses i know no No, he's so alone no no, he's just a little funny boy. Anyway, um, yeah, I I thought it I I thought it was definitely very weird that like you know I mean, this cop is maybe the only sensible person in Los Angeles, you know, and even she doesn't totally seem qualified for her job. <laughs> no, like there's still so much where I was like, why aren't you asking him more questions about this? Like, the thing is to me if i was a cop and this guy had footage of this i would think like what like is he connected somehow is he working with these suspects you know i mean because if he's filming this part where his partner is dying i would i would really have some serious qualms about that and i would really wonder like who is this guy and why is he just so okay with just this rampant amount of murder and chaos and is like pretty comfortable with it because yeah. no one should be like that, you know? Right. And yeah, no, but she just was like, well, you're free to go or whatever. And then he just leaves and yeah. And the implication that he's now doing this with three other people was really scary. Yeah. Like three young people too. Yeah. 
Like and they're like he had like two bands and like official clothes, like shirts and stuff. Yeah. 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 Very weird. Very weird. But would you recommend the movie? I think I would. I liked it. Yeah, I would too. I think it's a good movie. And it's it's very interesting. I just, you know, little things, but every movie has little things. Or most yeah. movies have little things. So there are things I would change about it, but yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. recommend it. Yeah, I would too. And I think Jake Gyllenhaal does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend who, when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker, she was like, you know, I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal would really do a good job at that. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. You know, like I really couldn't see it. But now that I've seen this movie, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see him playing a role like the Joker for sure. Hmm. Um I don't know. He seems more subdued to me than somebody who would be playing the Joker. I mean, like, Heath Ledger just did such a great job. Like, I think um, we watched Joker recently, and I thought that Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job. But I, I don't know if Jake Gyllenhaal has a wild streak. I think he has a smoldering, like, crazy streak. Yeah. But I don't know if he has a wild streak. And I, don't, I, dis- I think I don't necessarily agree that he could play the joker but i think he could play a really good villain and many other things that's my thoughts yeah yeah um he definitely has like a subtle like just this subtle kind of like thing that makes you just feel on edge yeah unnerved you know like you're uncomfortable you maybe can't directly put your finger on why you're so uncomfortable but you are you know yeah Mm -hmm. and uh he's i think he's very good i think he's he's got a lot of layers to him i think he's a very talented actor for sure yeah i agree i would actually love to see him in more roles like this because he was very good at being creepy yeah he was he was so calm so you can follow us on Instagram at Watchers of Movies or on Facebook at Watchers of Movies. We also are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Um, did I miss any? I think I you know. got them all. Okay. And thanks to Mike for our music. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 His name is Mike Myers. Thanks, Mike. Yep. And if you have any recommendations, um, right now we're trying to do mostly stuff that's streaming. So like Netflix and Hulu, obviously the theaters aren't opening and we're dying <laughs> we want the theaters to reopen i miss movies i was i miss watching movies so much um but if you have any recommendations it's watchers of movies at gmail.com and you know i'll respond to you um so yeah just that's pretty much it yeah yeah bye bye <laughs>